With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, we thank you for allowing us into your presence this evening. Tonight, dear Lord, the news continues, dear Lord, of the buildup of the coming war. People are not yet really believing that the war is coming so quickly. But it is coming, and you're telling them in prophetic word. Again, today, you gave very strong prophetic word. For example, this one says, America, you are no much for the bear who has made his claws ready for you. In your folly, you have, have you played the harlot and neglected what was needed, needful. As you played, the enemy has readied his spears. As you rejoiced in rebellion and folly, your enemy was quietly gaining strength. Now you shall be unable to defend yourself as you stand in your own power and find you are weak. Now you shall be in great need as no one runs to defend those who declare themselves mighty. No one, be, no one will be willing to risk themselves for the harlot of the world. Prepare America for defeat. The problem with this prophetic word and, and people that are interpreting and translating the word, you're speaking it absolutely correctly, Lord, but the interpretation is slightly off. Because, dear Lord, the leaders of our nation, as I'd under, I know from firsthand knowledge, is that the leaders of America are the leaders of the armies of the world and all the terrorists and all of them. They're all coordinated under Washington, D.C., in London, they run the banking. They run all the the overall program. And in Paris, they're they're doing the architectural things, the the building of the gods all over the world, and these things. They oversee that. In in uh, in Rome, they have the uh, the uh, different places there. I'm, I'm right now. I can't remember the name of the one place, uh, but. They make the plans for the thing. They're not part of the Vatican. They're all associated. In other words, it's in Rome, but it's actually the uh, way that they execute it. Because a lot of the stuff that they've done over the years, they've used the Vatican and made the Vatican look like the front uh, so that they could deceive all the people and utilize this. But it was really London that was doing all the evil works. And then Moscow and those who were going along with it, from Gorbachev to Putin and all these, are all united. All these leaders, China and the rest of it, have all been united. I know things happened in China, that they took control and so forth, and they've misled the people just like in America. See, the, the whole world is going to see this destruction. America is just going to be terribly first. And because we are the lead, made to be the leaders, we're not the leaders of the world. Rome, I mean, London is, Crown Trust. We are just the, the guppies. We're the pawns in the show. We have military generals that think they're doing a great job, and we, the American people, have developed the technology. We've done so much. And then the world system leaders, the Soros's and the Kissingers and, and the Buffets and so on, they have taken the technology and given it to, the, to China and to Russia and others to build up their armies so that they can have this global war where everybody will kill each other because the goal is to kill 7 billion people. They want everybody to be destroyed except for between 6 and 30 million people and only the elite will run the world and they'll own everything. They already have this done but people don't know it. 
it could take a long time to explain this all to people. Getting them to believe it is a very hard thing, but Lord, they're going to understand it. You're telling them that they're going to be defeated, and they're finally going to realize something. There's only one way to overcome this. There's only one way. It's only possible through you. It's only possible with you as king. See, the the world is run on laws. You run the world on laws. You cannot, dear Lord, tell us to follow these leaders of the world and work for these leaders of the world and then overthrow the world. Because, dear Lord, the the thing is, we're not. you don't come down and just destroy the leaders that you've appointed and allowed them to have dominion. You don't do that. It's the people that have to rise up and ask you to intervene. But we're not asking you, the one who can intervene. We don't do that. We just go along and we, we, we're just looking for the, the, the benefits of this false currency and this false system. And this, you know, they have a merchant contract courts and they call it common law. And, they, and the people just don't fight to defend that, saying, oh, that's absolutely right. They'll fight to defend the fact that they're going to Washington and negotiating with the leaders of the world. But they're blind, they're corrupt, because they will not listen to the Scripture. He told us in Revelation 18, 1-4, we must come out from following these leaders, or we will uh, be punished by their sins. We'll share in their sins. Otherwise, we're going to receive what they planned for us in their sins. And their sins is that we die. Matthew 24, 21-22, and Mark 13, 19-20, tells us they're going to kill all the flesh on the earth if they have their way. But we allow this all to happen because we're not listening. If we just use logic, let me back up and state this again. You said in Romans 13 that we have to do what the leaders say until they don't have dominion anymore. At any time, if we were to come to you, you would have intervened and allowed the bridegroom to come. When the bridegroom comes, how does he come? He comes as king. He comes as king. And we are not allowing him to come as king. We won't anoint him as the most high king. We're not accepting that is our responsibility. Joel 2, 12 to 20 says it is. We have to allow him to come. How is he coming? He's coming as the king of righteousness. He's a great and mighty king. He's coming to overthrow the world. He's coming to remove the beast, this fifth beast kingdom from its dominion, take it away from them. And then, um, and it's already been taken away by God. Since 2003, God has been waiting for us to rise up, wake up, and remove them. But when it came to the morning time, which started in the spring of this year, and actually it it began in the winter time of this year because God always starts with the winter, the correction, and then he prepares for the morning to rise. See, David tells us that he rise on his bed and he would rise before the dawn to seek you. And that's what we were to do. We were to rise before, like in the wintertime. You told us in Matthew twenty four twenty that we are to rise before, the, or 21. We are to rise before what? Before the, the more, uh, he said, don't let it be in the winter or don't let it be on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the seven-year reign that we're already in now. We've already blown away the winter. The Lord Jesus Christ is now reigning as king. What does that mean to you? That's extremely important because it means God can come now with all authority and he's going to do it. And you're either going to be set apart and punished because you haven't come out or you're going to be blessed. But he's going to separate you out and they can't do anything about it because he's king. 
See, we must understand that he's king. We cannot understand the importance of the fact that we've got to have him as king. Otherwise, these people of the world have all authority to destroy all flesh. As it says in Matthew 24, 21 to 22, God has to intervene. We have to allow him to intervene by Joel 2, 12 to 20, turning to him. But Father has already intervened. He's already appointed Jesus as king. We, he's not our king because we haven't received him as king. We haven't treated him anything. Consider, we get sight. Entrance of his words gives light. That's like sight. Light sees the path in front of us. And it says in Psalms 119, 130, the entrance of his words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. If we do not have that, we are blind. We're walking as blind men on the earth. I want to ask every shepherd, every prophet, every healer, every leader, every Bible study leader, how in the world can you offer to the Lord blind people? If you're looking, remember that Jesus is coming to take the people up in the rapture in Psalms 51 to 4. In verse 4, he tells you he's coming to those who have made a sacrifice. The sacrifice of the desire of the Lord in the new covenant, as Paul explains, is for us to do good for others, to gather together, stir up love and good works for others. But we cannot stir up good works if we don't understand what good is. We don't understand what good is because the Lord says in Psalms 14, 2 and 3 and 53, 2 and 3, he's always looking down to see if we do good, if we have understanding. And he says, no one does good. No one understands because they do not receive the words of God that enable the good works of God. I spoke this morning about the the table. We have to understand that when we offer to the Lord, we just sit down at the table and we have a blessing and so forth. We, We don't understand what the table's doing. We don't understand what the food is doing. We don't understand any of that in the way of the pure language, in the way of the good works, in the way of the covenant promises of God. Jesus used the bread and the fish to do what? To cause these people to desire the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of the words of God, they sought after him. And he taught them in John 6, the most phenomenal teaching in the Bible. And yet the people left him because they didn't understand the words. He was trying to tell them in in John 8, 43 to 47, he tells them, you don't understand my speech because you cannot discern my words. And yet he tells us in John 17, 17 to 19, that we have to be set apart from the world by his words. And people say, oh, we call upon the name of the Lord and we've allowed this and we've had miracles happen. But if you read Matthew seven twenty-one to 23, he tells you at the separation judgment, those miracles will not work for you anymore because he will not hear you because you're going to be accounted as lawless because he told you in Psalms 119, 142, his truth is law. He tells us again that we have to be set apart by God's truth. John seventeen seventeen nineteen, 19, just as he did. He came into the world to bear witness to the words of God, to the, to the truth, which is the words of God. Read John seventeen seventeen he says, his truth is the word, God's words. And he tells you that in Psalms 119, 160. The entirety of his words is truth. That's the truth he's looking for. There's a law of truth and we don't keep it. The law of truth comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Malachi 2 tells us this. The law of truth comes out of his mouth. The law is the words of God that he was sent into the world to bear witness to. Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19. We want to skip over these things. 
We want to ignore these scriptures like Zechariah 10.3 that says at the end time here, the Lord's going to be mad at all the shepherds. And he said that all their people are goat herds. What's that mean? They're blind. They do not see the words. They're not willing to hear the words. And what that means is they've, they have defiled the table of the Lord. They've been given church buildings and church buildings are places where you come to hear and receive the food of the kingdom. And it's like a table. And they've defiled that table because they will not hear these words. And they say that the knowledge of the words of God is profane. It's abomination straight from the pits of hell. They can't tell you what the knowledge of truth is. And in the time of the separation judgment, these wars come upon them. They will be cast out with these people because they do not know his name. Revelation nineteen eleven to 13 tells you that the name that no one knew is the word of God. You cannot come into God, pastors. You cannot come into God, prophets, prophets, healers, demon people who cast out demons. You cannot come into God and present to him blind people. You can cast out a demon, but you haven't healed their blindness. You can heal them from a medical thing, but you haven't healed their seeing eyes. They're still blind. And they're still naked from the truth. They do not have the knowledge of the good works of God that overcome the world. Jesus says in Malachi 2, he's saying, this is what he's so upset about. He says, you bring the stolen, the lame, the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand? You know, even in the, in the, in the nation and the churches in the nation, when God is now ruling, the churches are screaming out for offerings and everything of pagan currencies that's occultic. They're not looking for bringing forth the kingdom of God that's been ready to come since 2003. And in that time of 2003, they built huge churches taking up gigantic offerings, getting grants from the government of fiat currency that's pagan, that's occultic, and they know it. And they go to Washington and meet with these leaders in the center of an obelisk with, you know, the Roman god Jupiter at the Capitol building and, and a, just a cult everywhere. The Masonic Order Temple in Washington, D.C., where, where they have just terrible things going on in there. And people say, no, it's good, it's good. Now, we, you know, we can come and we can go negotiate with Washington. No, we're trying to help the church and everything. God tells you to come out from following these leaders. And seek him and do what it says in Joel 2, 12 to 20. You're going to have to answer for the fact that they rejected the words since 2003. And the fact is that, that if they had received the words and listened to Joel 2, 12 to 20, they could have enabled the bridegroom to come earlier. But now he's coming and he's judged these people and he said, listen to him. He says, but cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and takes a vow but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, and my name is to be feared among the nations. God is appointed Jesus Christ as king. We don't understand. Daniel's 70th week, which we're now into, this is the seven years of the morning of the day of the Lord that started with the spring. And he says there 70 weeks are determined for your people, for your holy city, holy city. For us to become a people who walks in holiness, a city means the people, the way of the people. It's not the buildings that count. He says, for your holy city, for your people to turn 
and become holy. You become holy because the words of God that enter you, they're, John 3.34 tells you they only come with the full measure of the Spirit of God in them, the holy God. He says, you have this. Seventy weeks are determined, and we're in the 70th week. In other words, these seven, this week that we're in now, we're in that. It says, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for our sins, our iniquity, to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision, the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. That means the king, the Lord, God, his words in us. We have to finish this before there can be a rapture. Doing the way of the words to stir up love and good works for others is the sacrifice that God is looking for under the new covenant. He tells you in Psalms 50 and 4, it says, He shall call to the heavens from above. Remember, he's ruling now from the throne. And he's asking us to do the sacrifices. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. And he says, gather my saints together to me, those who have made a covenant with with me by sacrifice. And remember that what he's talking about here, this started when? It started with the opening of his words. Zechariah 14.7 said, "The, the beginning of the day of the Lord, the evening, which his day always begins in the evening, comes with light. Entrance of his words gives light. So he started then. So he's saying, gather those who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. He's coming to confirm the covenant, as he says in Daniel 9.27. Those who are doing the words. In other words, he said, receive the words and start doing them in the way of righteousness, teaching my people, setting them apart from the world, and pleading out that God will spare his people because we've all sinned. We're all caught in a snare, Luke 21, 34-36. All of us, I've sinned. We all aren't worthy of the kingdom. But we are required to do this before we can be raptured. Because he's only going to take them up after they've made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Sacrifice is putting on the righteous acts of the saints, putting on the garment, coming out of the world, setting yourself apart from the way of the city of Babylon. Don't follow these leaders. Don't negotiate with them. Don't try to be a politician. This is the time to mourn and fast, as he says in Joel 2, 12 to 20, so that we can be called to a great assembly. Because he will tell us to do it. And when we do that and we cry out for the people, for the sake of the people, then he will answer us. But before we can have the right to do that, we have to do what? We have to be sanctified. Sanctified means we have to receive the knowledge of his words. John seventeen seventeen tells you in Joel 2, 12 to 20, sanctify, sanctify the people. Make them holy. Gather them together as holy. It's the, those people he's going to listen to. Those are the elect. Because those who didn't do that, like he says in Matthew seven twenty one, whether they were preachers, whether they were prophets, whether they were healers, he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you workers of lawlessness. Because Psalms one nineteen one forty two says, his truth is law. Please understand that we are offering the Lord when, we, when churches bring the people before the Lord. I don't care what what song services they have, what, you know, shouting and speaking in unbabbling tongues. The tongue the Lord wants you to speak in is the pure language of the kingdom of God, which is his words that are made known out throughout the Bible. That is the table. God gives you instruction. He always speaks to you in his words. He prepares the table. 
Zechariah 14.21 makes known that before the rapture is coming, the people will come and they will take the pots, it says, holiness to the Lord, and they will cook all their food in that. The women will do that because they're going to prepare the table. You need to understand that the table is very important. It's holy before God. The food is holy before God. And those that mock it are in big trouble because that's what he's talking about in Matthew, I mean Malachi, Malachi 1. Go to Malachi 2 and he gets very descriptive. He says, and now, O priest, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, if you will not take it to heart, to give glory to my name, and you need to see Revelation nineteen eleven to 13 to what he's talking about, and what he's talking about in Revel- uh, John eighteen thirty seven when he's on trial before Pilate. And remember that the king, the power is in his words, Ecclesiastes 8, 4. And he's now king. God gave him king. He was given the authority. He opened the scrolls from the beginning of the day of the Lord in, in, in the spring of 2003 when the words were first reported and, and started writing about and so forth. And the people have ignored it. The biggest preachers have called it abomination. They gathered all the pre- other preachers together and all of them combined to say this is a, a message, an abomination straight from the pits of hell. And they're going to pay the price for that. Because God says in Zechariah 10, 3, he's angry with all the shepherds. Why would he do that? There's one thing. He says they're going to be judged by his words. And he says they don't understand his speech because they will not discern his words. All things in the creation are made by his words. His law is truth. His truth is the words of God that he's speaking and came into the world to bear witness to. These words are what he gave his blood for so the temple veil in heaven be opened. So then Proverbs 1, 20, uh, Proverbs 1 verse 23 he says, if you will turn to me and hear my words, he says, I will pour out my spirit on you and cause you to know my words. I'll cause you to know them. But if you won't receive my knowledge of truth, he says in verses 23 or 24 on to 33, in Proverbs 1, he says, he's going to laugh at your calamities in this time of judgment. There's a verse I wanted to make sure you understood, and I'm going to close with this. You can read Malachi 2. It's very important. It's all about the shepherds. He's talking to you. He's telling you the lips of priests should keep knowledge. And he tells you in Hosea 4, 6 that, is, that people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because they don't have the knowledge, he's going to reject them as priests before him. And they're going to forget his children, which means all these congregations are going to be forgotten because they're blind. They're bringing defiled offerings. The Lord wants to see holy offerings of people have the words in them. The fishermen need to do their work. The disciples are the fishermen. The woes who now have the knowledge of truth, they're the, they're the disciples. Disciples are the fishermen. They bring out the words that God put into people from the very beginning. They have the words in their languages, but they don't know what they mean in the pure language of the kingdom of God, which is a, his thoughts are greater than ours. His words are greater than ours. Same words, just greater. He tells you here a very important verse. It's verse 11 in Malachi 1. It says, here, here's what he's saying. And let's go back to 10. It says, who is there even among you who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. At every place, incense shall be offered to my name, and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations. But you profane it, in that you say the table of the Lord is defiled, and its fruit, its food, its food is, is contemptible. I'm telling you something here is really important. 
The Lord has given you a promise here. He says, for from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. The Lord tells you that at noon, the the light is going to go down completely. Because there's seven years to the morning of the day of the Lord. There's seven years of the evening, seven years of the night, there's seven years of the morning. And the Lord rose as the son of righteousness, Malachi 4.2, at the dawn. And he told us to be ready before the dawn. David tells us that. Be ready. Read Psalms 119. He tells you he rise before the dawn to wait on the word. Wait on the Lord. Because he comes in the morning now as king. He is king. We have to recognize him as king. Or we will be cast out until we do recognize that he was the king. And when we cast out, we're going to go into the punishments. The leprosy is going to have boils all over your body. You think Job had a hard time? The Lord says it's going to be far worse than any time in history. So just look back at how miserable Job was for all that time. Look at how miserable Nebuchadnezzar was when he had to eat grass in the field like a cow, like an ox. He lowered him from king to an ox. Lord tells us, see, the Lord rises with the sun and then he's going to take up the kingdom in the middle of that time because he says he's coming for those who made a sacrifice. Now, I don't know when the rapture is going to be exactly, but I anticipate that the, the rapture of the kingdom goes up in the middle. That's the people. And then there's going to be another one with the time of the two witnesses. I believe it's going to be like that. We've got three and a half years, basically, to get refined in this time. The marriage supper of the Lamb is this year. You're going to be set apart. See, the Lord's going to use his seven years in the way of the seven spirits. In the first year, he separates light and darkness. Second year, he gives you wisdom. You're going to get wisdom from being punished by the plagues and everything else, or you're going to get the other. You're going to get the blessing and the fruit and so forth. And three is understanding. And by the fourth one, the middle of the fourth one, we've got his counsel. We're ready for the Lord. And then his kingdom will be here for that seven years, but at the end of that, he takes away his light. But he's coming to take up the kingdom. We need to understand that. But he's telling us in verse 11, you need to read that. Because that's what he's talking about. This is the time. He's rising of the sun from right now. He's saying this is the time the Gentiles must receive the word. In every place they shall offer up offerings to him. I thank you for your time. May the Lord please bless the people with this and let them understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.